Good morning, family. Hard to build a bridge from a time like that. It's hard to describe a place sometimes. But I'm going to try, and I know that he does the describing, really. This message is called Positioned in Love. So it speaks to the place. Thank you, my friend. Where these prayers we've been describing come from, that place in him where prayers of the type Greg described well up from. So as you know, we've been talking about the divine nature of our Father for a while now, that he is love, and as his children, our journey is by his power to be changed so that we can love like he does. And I feel like today he just, well not just, today he wants to reinforce that place where as as his children, as Coe's with Christ, that place where we live from and where that transformation occurs. I feel like he wants to settle for some of us that our position couldn't be closer to him than it already is, that he couldn't be closer to us than he is and we couldn't be closer to him. Our position is settled. It's now about the journey into him. So Jesus settled our position, Emmanuel, God with us. He came, he bridged the gap that we couldn't. He came here, he did the work on the cross, and then he sent his spirit that lives in us. Our God couldn't be any closer to us than in us. Our lives are hidden in him when we died. Our lives were hidden in Christ. So we couldn't be any closer to him either. So closeness to him isn't what's at stake here. This isn't a... Being with him isn't something to be grasped at. We are already firmly, securely positioned in his love. Our journey is the journey into him, the journey to come to really know his love. And it's in the coming to really know his love that we are transformed. So as we sit up here, we, we become what we behold. So as from that place of absolute closeness, we live living in that place, we can't help but be changed into his likeness. So our journey isn't a journey towards him, it's a journey, a journey of discovery of him, a journey of coming to know him as he truly is. So let's go to Ephesians 3. 
from verse 14. We got that one for the screen? Because I don't have it in my notes. It's a late edition. (laughs) So I'll read it off the screen. So Paul's praying for the Ephesians church, and he says, For this reason, here we go, prayer, I bow my knees before the Father. From whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, here we go, may be able to comprehend with all the saints, all of us, what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. To him be the glory in the church in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Thanks team. Bit of a pain for you. (laughs) So that scripture to me paints that picture that's not about getting closer to Christ or getting closer to the love of God. It's about coming to know the love of God, to know this love that we can't understand, but that we can by the Spirit. So that we may come to the full measure of Christ. So it's as we come to, to truly know the unknowable that we can become the unthinkable. <laughs> Yeah, that's quite good, wasn't it? (laughs) So, seems almost too simple to say. Because we all say we know that God loves us, and we all say that we know that God lives in us. But sometimes our behaviour says that we are still trying to get closer to God, that we still think God's a faraway God, and that when things happen, that we think that evidence that God's far away, or that we've done something wrong, or that something's happened that's compromised the relationship between us and God. But actually the truth is that the day we were born into his kingdom, we were born as sons, and that's irrevocable. We were born as members of the body. We belong to each other. We might have never met another Christian at that point of time. But positionally, we're members of the body of Christ at that time too. The Holy Spirit came and lived in us and he doesn't go away. So this this mindset of trying to get closer to God through good things usually, reading the Bible, praying, doing good things. He has to renew our mind. We can't change our minds to that because we've all read it a million times. But for, some, for all of us at some point, some of us that might happen the day that we meet him, 
but for some of us that's something that he has to renew our mind to, to go, this isn't about closeness or farness away. This is about coming to know you as you really are. When you can tell which of those mindsets or belief sets you have by the way you think about your whole life and everything that happens in it. So if you know that God can't get any closer to you and that the purpose of your life is to get to know him more deeply and in that knowing of him more deeply you will become like him, then you will see your whole life as an opportunity to know him more and more deeply. If you think your life is about getting closer to him, you will judge things that you see about, you will judge with your eyes whether what's happening in your life means you're close or far from him. And it's easy in that world to get discouraged and to get small and to get anxious because you're actually trying to do something that's already done. You could spend your whole life trying to get closer to God when that gap's already closed. And in doing that, you could miss the opportunity to know the depths of him, to know who he really is from that place of closeness and to be changed to be like him. So I'll tell you a bit of a story about some stuff that's been going on for us lately that has really brought this into relief. So some of you will know that Nick's having some health issues. They've been going on for a while, and he has to have an operation and some other treatment over the next few weeks. There was a period as we were going through the uncertainty of not knowing what was happening, where I, the only way I can describe it is there was a wrestle for me. I couldn't let it go was that I wouldn't even say I was worried about it, I just couldn't let it go. I couldn't cast my cares onto him. Just wasn't a happening thing. I wasn't hearing from him. So I he wasn't saying much of anything to me. The people I was sharing with, I wasn't he wasn't saying anything. If I had have thought that If I was judging my life by how close I was to him, (laughs) by the evidence, I would have felt very far from him. And I would have been worried and wondering what was the matter. But because I know that he is not far from me, I just knew that something I didn't understand was happening. I knew that I couldn't hear because I was missing something or I couldn't hear because he wasn't speaking. They were the only two options. And if he wasn't speaking... It was for good reason. It wasn't because he was annoyed. It wasn't because he was trying to make life difficult for me. Different, eh? So it was really hard, partly because I wanted assurance of an outcome that I wanted, so it was kind of just hard, hard. Um, But I live by his voice. I found it hard not hearing from him at a time when I felt like I needed to. 
But as I said, if you see your life as a time where he shows you more about himself, one thing he showed me at that time is that his voice is awesome. We can't live without the words that he speaks. But actually there's a deeper place in a relationship where you're just together. And no one needs to say anything. (laughs) I wanted to hear from him, but I knew he was with me. I couldn't even feel him. It's hard to describe. This is what I mean about a place being hard to describe. But I knew more deeply in that time than I ever have that even things like hearing from him, his voice isn't him, he's him, his voice comes from him. So anyway, as this wrestle continued, I started to understand why it was that he was letting it happen. So there was a, an entanglement. So in the, is Nick, is this going to be a false alarm or not? and the stirring up that was going on, there was part of me that couldn't be okay if Nick wasn't strong. I needed, so in other words, all of my strength wasn't in God. Some of it was in Nick. And the stirring up that happened because of where I was and because he let it manifest showed me that. So that when he did speak, I could see. He could have done that more quickly if he wanted to, but he wanted me to see what this entanglement was. And given what we're walking through now, I'm glad. I'm glad he set me free, but I'm also glad that he showed me what he was setting me free of. So since then, basically... Nothing has really gone the way that I would have desired, shall we say, in myself. So it wasn't a false alarm. The treatment wasn't the most straightforward it could possibly have been. Then it wasn't as quick as I'd liked it to be. But my genuine prayer, because I know that the purpose of my life is to know him better, I know that's the purpose of my family's life, and I know that's the purpose of our life, is please don't let us miss anything you're doing here. And that's not because that's like a really, sounds like a really spiritual prayer. It's just the only prayer that has any real life on it is I don't want to miss what's happening here, what's really happening here. I don't want to get so obsessed with, you know, fussing around trying to get the operation to happen as fast as possible and him getting better that I miss other things he's doing here. And already, I mean, when I was saying, oh, come on, let this happen quickly, he was saying, the timing will be perfect, (laughs) which is not the same as quick, (laughs) in this case. And the last two months, they have been really hard, okay? So let's not mistake the fact that he'll do good for the fact this is good. This is not good. This is not, sickness is not of him. But the things that I have seen of him and the depths I've gone to in it, I would have missed if I'd got my own way. And he didn't want me to miss them.
So it's worth just asking yourself that question. When things happen in my life that I don't understand, what's, what is my approach? Is my approach, what are you doing here, God? How, what are you, what's your place in this? And how are you using this to build a deeper knowledge of you into me? Or do you see it as a close far from God? How do I get closer to God so I get the outcome? Or this means that God's not close to me. They're really different places. There's rest in one, and the other is religion, basically. So we're going to go to a scripture now, which is another another version of this. So it's not so much when a situation happens that tests with, that tests what I'm talking about, let's just say. But it's when God himself comes and he wants to talk to us about things. And if we live from a place of closeness with God and from a place of knowing that the purpose of our lives is to get to know him better and in doing that to be changed, to be like him, we'll respond in a different way than if we think that God is far away and when he comes to talk to us about things that he's, he's showing us the distance between us so that we can see the distance between us. So this is a scripture that you will have heard lots of times. It's out of Revelation, and I just sense I'm going to read it over you because I think for some of you, you've seen the scripture in the front half. You've seen the confrontation, and what he wants to show you is the invitation to closeness. So I'm going to invite you to just close your eyes, and I'm going to read this over you, and then I'll talk about some things in it. So to the angel of the church of Laodicea write, the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God says this, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. And you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by the fire so that you may become rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourselves and that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed and I salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love I reprove and discipline. Therefore be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will dine with him and he with me. He who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So I think this is one of those scriptures where people will talk about it as this is the about the lukewarm church and it getting spat out of its mouth. 
but when I read this in the whole, through the lens of a God who's close and who wants to be with us more deeply, this is an invitation to exactly that. So in the beginning of this, where he introduces himself, interesting, the introduction to each of these is fitting for what comes next. So here, the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. So what he's going to go on to say is he's going to offer a different perspective on something than what these people already see. So they think things are fine, and he's going to say, actually, by my standards, they're not. So it's interesting that his introduction is the amen, the, the one who says it like it is. The faithful and true witness, faithful and true. It's not this kind of, I'm the truth. Suck it up and like it. Faithful and true witness. Again, because he wants us to come into all of what he has for us. He wants us to know him as he truly is. And it wouldn't be faithful and true to just not say anything all this time. So then he does go on to say, as I said, that you say I'm wealthy and I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. And he says that's, that's not the case compared to what's on offer here. Effectively what's happened here is looking externally, things look fine. And I would guess this is a, you know, I've created a world where the standard's pretty low and I'm meeting it. So I'm feeling pretty comfortable but we know that we have a high calling. We know that he's our great high priest who's faithful to walk with us into that. But it's certainly not a I have need of nothing, everything's fine kind of high calling. But then comes the invitation. So I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that this can be remedied. So again, immediately, he is the source, buy from me. He's just said they've got nothing, that they're poor and wretched. So what he's pointing to here isn't you have to muster up something to give to me. He's saying I've got nothing, but the source of the something you need is me. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Therefore be zealous and repent. So again, if, you, if your life is lived from knowing you're loved by him and that there's no distance, then when he comes to say these things, you know that he's saying them because there's something that needs to be addressed. If you think he's far away and love is at stake, it's pretty tempting to shrink back because he's just said something that's pretty shocking, which is you think you're fine and you're actually a shocker. So... <laughs> If you can't hear that through the lens of a God who couldn't be any closer, then pretty hard to stand and listen to the next sentence. And here's the invitation to closeness again. So behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. So... Pretty close, eh? It's not, I'm way over there, and if you grovel for long enough, 
I'll come. Like I'm right here. I'm just waiting. I've made you an invitation. I'm just waiting for you to invite me in so we can talk about this. I get the sense from this scripture, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. There's exchange here, dining together. And I'm sure there's some things said, but again, as I was saying before, sometimes it is just in the being. It's not always that when he comes to talk to us about something, there has to be something said. Sometimes it is just in the being with him that the other things fall off. He who overcomes, I'll grant to him to sit down with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. So what I love about these these promises are they're basically the same thing as he's inviting us into now. So he's saying, let me in now, let's share perspectives, and then the reward is, you'll get to sit with me for eternity. So it's, yeah, it's beautiful. So I feel like for, for some of us, things circumstantially aren't easy, maybe. It happens in life sometimes. Or this kind of thing's happening, where he is coming knocking and he's saying, hey, you see one thing, I see it differently. <laughs> I am the great amen, so actually the way I see it is the truth and I'm asking you to come into a process where we can talk about that. And I feel like his invitation is just to say this is not a God who's far away. This is not an invitation to get closer to God. It's an invitation to know him more deeply. So Father, I, I just thank you for your... Jesus, I thank you that you came, that you have bridged the gap that was unbridgeable. Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you that you couldn't be any closer to us. And I just ask, Lord, that you would renew our minds to know that whatever things look like on the outside, however hard it is, however overwhelming and high and impossible the calling looks, Lord, that the answer is you and that you are close. Renew our minds, Lord. Break break any mindsets, Lord, that have you as far away and outside of us, Lord. That we can come into deeper knowledge of the, the living God. In Jesus' name. Plenty to think about and to chew over and. Um, you know, I just love the simplicity of what was shared, but the depth.
to the simplicity. Um, and so there's plenty there to, to chew over. And, you know, I think if you, if you want to go looking and searching also, one John uh, is very prophetic in what John's saying in this whole area of love and um, becoming like him, as we've heard, and just allowing him to show you, knowing that you're a son. So thanks, Joe.